I think like the entrepreneur journey, going from uh, hundred thousand euro to to ten to one million is another mindset. Going from one million to one and a half is another mindset. One and a half to three is another mindset. Going from three to ten is another mindset. So also being willing to um, to be coachable and listening to others and being willing to change out things. Hey everyone, welcome back to the SaaS Revolution show brought to you by SaaStock, the conference that helps SaaS companies get traction, growth and scale. I'm your host, Alex Thuma, and I'll be looking at what it really takes to build and grow a SaaS company today and how founders and entrepreneurs stay healthy on the journey. Now on with the show. Welcome to the SaaS Revolution show. Uh, Petter Eric Nouvel, uh, co-founder and CEO of Awesome Sales and Marketing. Welcome, Petter Eric. Thank you, and thank you for having me. Yeah, no, great to have you on the uh, uh, on the podcast. Um, uh, looking forward to the conversation. Before we get into that, I've, I've got a comment on this. Uh, for those anyway that are watching the video, the marvelous background that you've got there. Um, can you explain a little bit about uh, what's going on and uh, uh, why it's so much better than mine? Yeah, so we are. <laughs> yeah, we are doing. We are. Um, you know, I'm a gadget freak. So for a couple of years ago, I figured out like, uh, okay, let's build our studio. So, uh, so um, I bought a lot of cool equipments, not before because we need it, but it was like, yeah, it's cool to have. So, and then we had book, bookshelves behind us and someone, we are doing webinars and we're doing live shows and we're doing all this thing. And I'm also invited to a lot of podcasts. So we had this bookshelf and someone complained that it was too, it was too much behind us. So, um, so I'm living in Vietnam and there's so many great artists there. So we figure out we got an artist to take our colors from the logo and make a background. So yeah, and it, it looks good or I like it. So, and like you said, people are liking it. So, but it's, um, yeah, it's a real background. I think that's the most, so because so many are, have, um, uh, green screens background now, but it's a real one. So, yeah. Yeah, no, no, I know. I mean, I still get it a lot. Uh, people come with the Golden Gate Bridge, uh, you know, as their, their kind of background, but it's all, the, you know, still a little bit kind of like fuzzy and blurry kind of, you know, around the ears. So it's nice to see a kind of a good solid background. And um, I, as we're chatting about backgrounds, and it's not a podcast about backgrounds, but I do agree, whilst I've got a few books uh, kind of behind me, and I could probably have a better background myself, uh, I've had a few conversations where, people just have like this whole kind of library of books and it can be almost a little bit distracting like, sometimes because certainly for me, I'm looking at, you know, what are the titles of the books and, you know, it can be a little bit, uh, uh, a little bit overwhelming, but here, like what we're seeing this kind of like, uh, sort of art that you've got, uh, you know, you can see it, but you don't necessarily have to kind of like have the distraction that you might have necessarily with, uh, with, with the books. Right. So you just more of like appreciate that it's there. So you're you're a Norwegian SaaS founder, but you're in Vietnam. The studio is in Vietnam, uh, where I'm speaking to you now. We'll get to that in a yeah. in a second, but let's talk a little bit about you first. You know, who are you as a person? So who who is Peter Eric uh, Nouvel? What can I say? I'm a dreamer. <laughs> I always dream. I am. A, I've been a entrepreneur with up and downs since I was 21, and I turned 44 for some weeks ago. So I've been an entrepreneur for like 23 years with up and down, some successes, some disasters, some bankruptcies. Uh, so, um, and, but, but I think the main thing is like, I, I, I like to just, uh, or I like to just 
do what I think is the right thing for me and my family and also um, in life. So, uh, so for four years ago, um, we, we moved down to our four and a half. We moved down to Vietnam uh, just to try it out. Uh, it was directly from Norway. So I'm born and lived in Norway all my life and just tried something totally different. So here I am with my girlfriend, who are also the co-founder of the company. So we founded this together. When we moved to Vietnam, it was just us two in the company. And today we are. I think we are 21 now. I have lost the count. So, so we have grown over COVID and uh, done this thing. But yeah, so um, and um, I like to be entrepreneur. I love entrepreneurship. I love to build companies. I love to learn. I love to challenge. Uh, it's like, um, and I think like the biggest or one of the biggest challenges you can have in life is to build companies and build uh, because there is. Uh, what works for three months ago doesn't work today. There is always new thing you need to, um, at least you need to challenge your mindset. Or for me, I like, I need always need to review my mindset about how to do things to, to get to the next level. How many, uh, you've been an entrepreneur for a, a long time. How many businesses have you built? So what, what number is awesome sales and marketing? Uh, so this is the fifth business I'm building. Uh, yeah. So, and, um, and the most successful one, <laughs> as I said, okay. I, I had this, you know, I, I had this problem and um, this is part of uh, what, what I learned, but I had this problem to uh, getting up to around 1 million uh, euro uh, in the revenue in our business. And from there, it's just stopped up. I couldn't get them to the next level. I just I couldn't, couldn't get, find out what to do. And and I figured it out, uh, or I figured it out before I did something with it, because I think it was my ego was in a way of it. Because I, I'm not a, I'm not a manager. I'm, I can't manage people. That's the truth. I'm great in sales. I'm great in marketing. I'm great in startup. I like, I have this visionary mindset. But just yeah. like, so what happened is like when you reach like one million dollar or one million euro, or you start to get a staff, and I need to start to manage a lot of things. And before I could manage it with four or five people and still get around but when it gets so many it's like and everything just yeah get so that's one of my biggest learning over the thing do what you're or everyone talks about it but do what you're good at and don't try to pick up on things who are i don't say natural talent but um yeah uh, I, I talk about unique ability like what are you really unique and then do that yeah no absolutely um so yeah, I mean, there's a great book, uh, you may have read it called Traction uh, by Gino Wickman. And uh, it's all about, um, you know, uh, putting this kind of operating system within the business. But then they've also kind of written this book, mm -hmm. uh, um, I think it's called Rocket Fuel, about the visionary integrator kind of role. Uh, and often the, the CEO mm -hmm. co-founder typically is the visionary. And sometimes they don't sort of realize that. And by moving them into the things that like you're doing and what you're kind of good at, um, and in the kind of the visionary uh, position, it often you know unblocks mm -hmm. a bit of the the company and allows the company to grow faster. So uh, definitely, if, if people listening haven't read that, it's uh, both Traction and and um, <clears throat> Rocket Fuel are, are, are great books. And out of the the so you you've got this uh, track record then of getting businesses to you know seven figures there or thereabouts, and then uh, uh, until now, really kind of not scaling beyond that. What have you done with those other businesses, though? Have, did you, did you know? Did you shutter them? Did you sell them? Um, what what happened there? <clears throat> Sometimes uh, well, the the business I was running 
I think I ran it for like five, six years. It was a computer company. Um, so um, with that one, I just let it go. I, I was so tired of going into my own business. Like I hated, I hated my own company. I didn't like it right. anymore. It was like, so it was, everything was, I didn't, it's like back to you say, yeah, I also low traction and, uh, and we also using, we are using it for two and a half year now the EOS system to build our business. So we had a facilitator. So I am really familiar with it and I love the system. So yeah, it just come to a place where I just was, yeah. And the second time or another time will happen in 2015, um, I went bankrupt. It was growing too fast. Uh, we was like over this 1 million euro, but again, I lost control. So I didn't have this, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I start to do, I figure out, you know, I figure out after I close down the business that I have five salespeople, four working for me. And I tried to train them. But the reality was like, I sold for more than them alone when I didn't have them than they four together. And I tried to be the manager for them and teach them sales. And I was managing and I was like managing everyone, but nothing worked because it's not, not my natural talent. It's like back to... Yeah, what you talked about the visionary and integrator. I, I am the visionary, and that's that's my role. And I can do that, but I can't implementing and get and and you know. I think it's not only the visionary thing, but I think we're like being an entrepreneur. We are normally people. Peop, we like people, and we we don't want to get uh, in this conflict with the employees, and we don't. We just want to be nice. And like I am also a salesman. I love to be nice to people. It's not my natural thing to be hard and tough and kick kill kick people out and all these things. This is not my and another thing. I also love people when I'm interviewing them. So if I want to employ someone, I just like, oh, this is a great person. I always look for good things in people. I don't look at the so I think that's also part of it that I, I learn over time. And and let's talk about in um uh, I mean before we get in, into uh, the, the meat of the, the podcast, but in terms of the decision to become a digital nomad or like moving to Vietnam, um, why did you decide to move to Vietnam from from Norway? Norway, I mean, obviously, why not? But uh, why why did you decide that? And what have been your kind of learnings around being a digital nomad, running a business from from Vietnam? So first, um, I can tell you a little bit of background because I wake up when I was twenty one or twenty two years, and I was like, oh. I think I'm born in the wrong country, just from a dream. Like, there's something wrong. I should not be born in Norway. So after that, since I was 22, I was going like, hey, maybe I'm born in the wrong country. And it uh, took like, uh, yeah, it, I, I I turned, or right before I turned 40, I decided to do something with it. Um, Vietnam was more like accident because um, summer 2017, we, we started to kite surf, me and my girlfriend, and we want to bring with her two kids, uh, because she had two kids from a relationship before, uh, to a place in the world who should not be Europe and kite surf. And then we figure out, like in south of Vietnam, uh, there was a kite surfing place where we can go in the summer. Um, and um, so that was the first meeting with Vietnam. And why digital nomads? So, with that, since I was, again, since I was young, I never done my best deals, I never done my best performance in work inside office. I've been sitting on a coffee bar. I've been on a, uh, I've been on a ride. I've been doing something every time. I could be in a cabin. I could be on an airport. I can travel, whatever. But if you look at the biggest deal, the best sales thing, everything I've done is like when I've been 
outside and and doing something so i never like i never in my life long before covid and all this thing with remote work and all this thing i never enjoyed to be in office that's also one of my problems as i running the company i totally like i hated to go into my own office because i didn't like this concept of being in office uh, so i i have always been like that so so when when we went so the company that went bankrupt in 2015 i think about what should i do with life and I was thinking, okay, is there a way that we can really move to another country and just test it out? And uh, and I started to think about, can I run an online business or can I sell something online? So so I've been a sales trainer. So what I started with when we started the online, uh, online thing was uh, teaching people sales because I've been a salesman all the way, all life. And, and when I started with that, the first thing people start to ask me, how did you do this? How did you create an online course? How did you do this with uh, uh, the digital platform? How did you... So before I succeeded with creating an online course and having a business with that, they start to ask me how I did it. So that was what we are doing now. We are teaching teaching and also selling services and how to build a funnel. And uh, so we are like a consultant, but also having the, the programs behind it. So yeah, and that's how it started and and yeah I, I love this life much better we have a team all over the world now i don't need to go to office to like make sure the staff is doing their things they're sitting home or on a beach or whatever or in the cabin or whatever we don't care but so yeah <laughs> that was short short or long why i am a digital nomad so then, uh, so you mentioned that in uh, sort of 2015, this business, uh, you know, became bankrupt. Um, you covered a little bit about, I think, you know, or intimated some of the reasons as to why. But what learnings can you share, you know, for the listeners around that? And, you know, and also like how, you know, an entrepreneur can rebound from, you know, becoming bankrupt to then turning it around and building a, you know, a seven-figure business, which you have done. Hmm. Yeah, so I will start with... Um... I didn't ask for help when things didn't work out. And there was many around me who want to help me. And they asked me, hey, Patrick, do you want some help? You don't... And this was people who really want me. And it was, this was entrepreneur who had seven, eight or nine figure businesses. And they just saw that we had a potential and like what we was doing. So they wanted to help us. Um, but I was, um, my ego coming wave. So I didn't want to show them how, how it looks like inside the company because we didn't make money it was like was making money so maybe we made money three months and then we lost for <laughs> the rest of the year so that was kind of uh, how it went so so i think like asking for help and that was also something i started with when i started up the new business i didn't only ask for help i i got some mentors i paid and i think that's one of the best investment i done I, it's also back to because i knew i should not be uh managing people like now i have a coo who are running the company like you talked about the integrator visionary mm -hmm. so i have an integrator now and i'm more in the visionary role and that was uh, when we come to that place i, I did this uh, when i it's like no i'm combining the question with some other thing but i did this when i come to around uh, when i see that we are near the uh, 1 million euro mark again i said to maria we need a integrator now we need to find that person whatever it is and this was just before covid so or with covid this hit so we was like what will happen with our business already so it was a big investment to get in a co on that point um so so that's so kind of the of the learnings and also uh, 
I had another mindset also with people. So I, I remember I was reading this book with, uh, I don't know if you read it, but Darren Hardy has a book about uh, entrepreneurship, but he have a, a chapter about A players. And he's like, you should not always hire A players. I mean, back in time when I had this company and I was running it and I'm like, an A player, they need a lot of money will be make the invest, or but it will be a good investment. But I was like, yeah, but I don't have this money. I don't have this 70,000 or 80,000 euro to hire an A player. So I need to go to someone um, was not A player. So what I went to, I went to the unemployed uh, uh center in norway where we could get like six months or 12 months for free uh, people can work for free for us and i was like wow i'm saving money it's free it's like it's super cool so we had an accountant we had also some marketing people we had my but the thing is like even i'm not a good manager but they needed so much training so i didn't see the picture of my my value in the company what i can bring when i'm doing what i'm best to will bring in a lot of money so i use that time maybe three six nine months even if they was free so that cost me much more and it will really cost to get some a players so also having this mindset they're not something i'm still working with my cell phone and also my team always look for a players use a long time when they're hiring yeah another thing we did we was always hiring for a problem we had so like oh today we can't handle the clients we need a new person today so we just like solve problems just a day with finding out instead of being strategic. This is also kind of US system that they are strategic where they won't be, be in three or six or nine or 12 months time. And it's also one of the hardest thing that we are hitting now because we are growing so fast um, that we are, we, are, we are hiring people we think are A player now, but we need to hire people who are A players in one year time or two years time. And that's also something. So it's always a journey. We are on it now. Uh, but I think... Um, yeah, and um, also maybe I should I given up before, or I also had a wrong partner. That was a thing of like it's okay. My partner yeah. now is my girlfriend, but she started before we get a couple. She started to work for me in one of my old companies, so we knew we could work together. But I also had a partner, and I have two, three businesses that had been been running better if I didn't have partner, or so also. Bringing in a partner, if you're not hundred percent sure, it's someone you have worked with before that are comp- are like you can help you with things and and they have the same sharing the same vision and also had some tough talk- talks with. I think that's also one of the mistakes with it. So today I'm still have a partner with my girlfriend, but I know we can work together, and I will never bring in another one before I work three or four years. I'm I'm up to giving people shares and staff shares, yeah. but they should. Definitely know that they're following the culture and overvision and all this thing. Yeah. So some some great learnings there, and uh, I don't like uh, we we hadn't obviously sort of discussed this before. So this is not a, a segue or, or a planned kind of plug, but um, you you know something that I've learned through. I mean, I've did, I've been doing seven years of podcasts and you know running Sastock for for six and a half years. So spoken to many entrepreneurs like yourself, or probably you know, hundreds, if not, uh, not quite thousands. But um, uh, with that, what I've learned is that the most successful uh, CEOs, they don't try and figure it out all themselves. Uh, they do try and, you know, kind of ditch their their egos and they look for support and they build support networks. Uh, and so what we're trying to build with the SaaS.Founder membership 
uh, is the best support network for B2B SaaS founders kind of globally. So people don't have to go it alone on their on their journey and you can get you know access to other founders that might be you know at a similar stage or one or two kind of steps ahead. So we're, we're currently building that um, and hopefully and, and what we're seeing actually you know it's good feedback it, it, it is being uh, you know kind of very very helpful for for SaaS founders. And then I think the other thing that uh, you said about the A players and this kind of mistake you're trying to save money and thinking you're saving money by hiring, I don't know, maybe C players or, you know, B or C players. Uh, um, but actually, you know, the reality is, that, you, you know, or, or the importance of A players. And um, whilst they do often, you know, may look a little bit kind of expensive, I, I read something recently, which basically kind of just backs up what, what you said. But it, I think it was the, and I can't remember which book, but if you think professionals are expensive, wait until you hire amateurs. Uh, and um, I thought that was quite a good, uh, you know, kind of soundbite and kind of, you know, backs up that. Uh, the importance of around getting hiring right, you know, and you know, and especially, you know, you know uh, the how expensive mistakes, you know, can be in uh, in hiring more so than you know having to pay that extra ten grand for that salesperson when you look at it and they're outside a budget and you're not sure if you can stretch. But you know, making the mistakes and going for the cheaper option can often, you know, be much more expensive for a business. Sure. So, so, so you. You've bounced back. You've built this seven-figure business in three years, uh, which is fantastic. Um, and you, I think you've mentioned some of the things that you, you know, uh, probably you know helped. Uh, you know, you get to seven figures, and like uh, perhaps sort of one of these things is, you know, uh, certainly your experience, and I guess maybe like moving, you know, bringing in a COO and playing to your strengths. And although I think the COO is coming in at, at when you've got to seven figures, so can you tell us a little, a little bit, um, you know, maybe sort of three to five kind of points in how you've built this seven-figure business. And I think you mentioned that webinars was also, you know, something strategic that's kind of really helped you. But, yeah, like, let's get some kind of the, the, the learnings in, in how you've done that. Yeah, um, it's kind of a flip side of what I talked about, but uh, at least asking for help. We we got, uh, when we uh, ran the company for the first year, we got a mentor, a world-famous world marketer that we had for a mentor for a time. It was... Uh, expensive it's really expensive for us almost the same like we get in salary we need to pay but at the same time we already there fixed up in some wrong roads we were some way in that we didn't see by ourselves so also spending money on mentoring ship i'm uh, yeah you talked about uh, us i had a us consultant working for us for two years um when you know about the us or the traction i also think you know about dan sullivan so i'm in a mastermind group with dan sullivan i have i like i have a lot of a network around me with world-class entrepreneurs that can help me and i can always ask questions about what kind of problems i am because there is it's like the bigger the business become the bigger is the problem so you're always facing a new face right now i'm facing the pay a thing like uh, the clients start to complain about our services and that's like, oh, that's the worst thing I can get. It's like, uh, it's, it's, I, I like sales, but it's worse to get an unhappy client and really get um, not get a sale. So, so it's like, so it's always to get help when you come to this because now we have delivery problem because we are we are out from the programs. We are not uh, helping clients much more because Maria and me we are doing other stuff. So. So I think like help is the one thing and also um, using a system like EOS, uh, Entrepreneurial Operating System, and building on this traction and 
Traction is an amazing book. I read it many times, but this I think it's one of the so yeah, I want to tell this because it's a great story. So we was on a flight to to uh, to Bali, Maria and me, my girlfriend. And in the old companies we had, she was trying to be the integrator and I was the visionary. That was like the and I had this feeling many times like oh, Maria, it's not you. And we also in our relationship, and I can be tough. I can be tough. If I want something, I want to get it. And she didn't give, get me this uh, this feedback back that, or try to say, this is not a good idea. She's like, oh, yeah, let's do it. So it was always so positive. So it was when she uh, read Rocket Fuel on the way to from Vietnam to Bali and was going to our relationship retreat or something. She just said to me, Patrick, uh, I know it now. I can't be the integrator. It's not me. It doesn't fit me at all. Um, so, and that was in December, and it was in March we hired that the integrator or the CEO. So, I also think like yeah, her and me being more reading, more entrepreneurship, being more like finding out what the next step is, and always trying to be one step ahead. We also one of our values is one step ahead. So, seeing you know when you're building, you know, don't see it, but also. And also understand and be so. Don't have this. I talk about this ego. I like this world with ego because what I have done until now will not get me up to eight figures. There is something new I need to learn. And if I'm not willing to change the business model, change what I'm doing, listening to others, one of my mentors, Todd Brown, I asked him a question again. I don't know if you know who it is, but he's an American marketer, and uh, I asked him a question again. What is the difference with the eight-figure business owner and nine figures? And he said, nine-figure business owners, if someone tell them, like, this is working, this is great, this is a new path, this is a thing, even if they feel in the stomach that this is not right for them, they do it anyway. They're willing to test it. They're willing to let the, the beliefs they had before go to just test it out. So I also think, like, uh, I was a little bit before maybe thinking, like, oh, it works now. Why should we not continue with it? I think like the entrepreneur journey going from uh, hundred thousand euro to to ten to one million is another mindset. Going from one million to one and a half is another mindset. One and a half to three is another mindset. Going from three to ten is another mindset. So also being willing to um, to be coachable and listening to others and being willing to change out things and not being so yeah yeah that's part of what I think is. It's helped me and also will help a lot of entrepreneurs. In terms of you and your journey, you know, being a, a CEO uh, and obviously kind of, I guess, kind of shifting into that kind of visionary role, um, you know, what would be, you, you've given a lot of lessons there. What would be, would be maybe like the number one sort of lesson that you've learned, you know, over this time? Number one le- lesson is also about I should set myself first in the company. So if there's things I don't want to do, I should give it away. If there are things I'm not good at, find someone to doing it. It's like you don't, and I still are struggling with this sometimes. I'm giving some of my employees a assistant before myself or get some someone to do it for myself. But I think like, and this is, I don't know if it's interaction, but whatever I heard it, there was someone saying, you like an entrepreneur should be the first one just doing what you love to do. And that's also changed the thing because um, because there is a lot of things that I did before I don't like to do. And also this mindset that there is people out there who love to do what I hate to do. 
And sometimes it's, it's like, I'm asking like, can you do this for me? I know it's boring. And someone else is like, I love it. But it's like, and let people love to do things that you hate to do. We are different and we are different personalities. And uh, so I think that's so one of the learning and also um, using longer time to hire people. Don't just hire people. So uh, I like this quote. I don't remember who said it, but it's um, like, yeah. Hire slow, fire fast. I also been much better with that. You know, sometimes I had people working for me for one year, and I knew it for one year before. Like, there's something wrong. There's something not working out. But now I'm more like, okay, when I get this feeling, get them out. Still, I can do it faster, but uh, it's not one year. It's maybe three months now. So it's all about feeling when when something is not working. Even if it's someone who are producing, could be salespeople. I had great salespeople that. Uh, I knew it was not right for a company, but again, it's like, oh, you're selling so good. Uh, so you don't want to get them out, but they can destroy a culture. They can destroy so much thing. So yeah, faster decision, being more hard with, uh, and following my own vision. Like don't think about other people because the right people will come to you with the right, the right time when you just are know where you want to go and have a vision and following it. Great advice there, and uh, uh, I think a great way to kind of end the uh, uh, the show. And so, uh, uh, finally, where, where can people find you online if they want to reach out and, and talk with you? Uh, and also, uh, where can they find Awesome Sales? Yeah, so we can find us on awesome.com. So it's a w a s m dot com, um, and uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Facebook, Peter Eric Nivell N I V O L V O L L and Petter with double T and Eric with K. Um, so I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. You can find me on the page. And yeah. Great stuff. Well, well, uh, Petter, Eric, uh, it's been great having you on the uh, the SaaS Revolution show. Thanks so much for joining us from <clears throat> Vietnam, sharing these great lessons and learnings from your uh, career and your current business. And congrats on uh, what you're doing and growing uh, with awesome sales and marketing. And, uh, you know, hopefully soon, or you'll come back when you get to, to eight figures, uh, and then maybe again at nine figures and we can uh, we can compare um you know the podcast and uh, and the learning so uh, i'm sure you'll uh, you'll do it um but so thanks so much uh, petter eric newval uh, for being a great guest on the show today thank you and i hope it was valuable it was really fun so thank you for having me thanks for tuning into this week's episode of the sas revolution show i hope you enjoyed it and if you learned something from it, check out sasdoc.com forward slash events to find all the upcoming SASDOC conferences around the world.